we're going to talk about a footballer called Gary Lineker, who went on to be a presenter of some renown. He, however, fell foul of BBC policy by tweeting out his opinions. Particularly, he tweeted out his opinion on the latest move by the British Conservative government to deal with problems with illegal immigrants coming in by small boats across the Channel from Europe. And he referred to this and the language being used by the government as akin to the language being used in Germany in the 1930s. Now, what do you make of this parallel? It's a, just a brief summary of what we're talking about there. Gary Lineker was initially stopped from presenting Match of the Day, but then in a recent development, he's been putting back on presenting duties whilst the BBC look at their policy. They had been saying that presenters were not meant to express political views on social media. So what are those changes going to be? I don't know. What do you make of this? Um, I was quite surprised at the reaction that there has been. I also had quite a strong reaction because I felt that Gary Lineker, whatever one may think of him and his views, surely as far as Twitter and the social media are concerned, he is entitled to express his opinion. And mm. the BBC do not own Gary Lineker, neither do they own any of their presenters, political or otherwise. Mm. I can sort of see why the BBC are annoyed about it and don't feel that it fits in with their policies because they do not want to be affected by Gary Lineker's views, whatever they are. They feel that they stand above opinion somehow. I mean, the BBC is made up of people. It's not an amorphous entity. Mm. It is made up of people, all of whom will have their own views and opinions on any matter under the sun. But my understanding is that uh, presenters working at the BBC have as part of their contract a clause that they shouldn't air their political views on social media. Now, it seems that Gary Lineker, even after that change was made in the contracts, continue on as normal. Apparently, uh, so I'm told. Mm, so it's, this is the latest of a long line of tweets in which he expressed his views. So it does seem a bit odd. Why now? Why the reaction now when he's accusing the uh, government of making a mistake? Do you think it's unwarranted government intrusion into the affairs of the BBC? No, I think it's unwarranted intrusion by the BBC into Gary Lineker's life. <laughs> but it seems to be pretty standard these days to have an organisation, a big company, keep an eye on the social media of its staff and, and expect them uh, to behave in a manner that doesn't bring disrepute to the company. Why should anybody's behaviour affect the BBC? They are an entity of their own. It is made up of people who all think differently about different things. If only. They tend to employ people with one particular political style. That's what I would say just for my looking at the presenters. I mean, we'll come back to the BBC, but just to take a step back from this, just to look at how other parts of society react. There was a teacher who was sacked recently for having an OnlyFans account. Well, I think actually she resigned before she was sacked in the end. Mm -hmm. An OnlyFans account. Well, OnlyFans accounts can be for anything. You know, you could be a singer and uh, you write people special songs. The account is so that people pay to see your videos or opinions. 
In practice, it has been used mainly by young women who take their clothes off if you pay them. And uh, one teacher had such an account in which she would put up pictures, uh, I think videos, I don't know, of her in uh, erotic poses yes. for money. But she was a teacher and therefore this was seen as a problem. I mean, should that be a problem? It's her uh, private life, isn't it? Well, I believe that people can switch off their TVs or radios. They can switch off any social media. You don't have to look at it. And I think the difficulty lies with parents, mostly. Yes. I mean, parents are complaining because there are accounts on social media about people committing suicide and so on, mm -hmm. and they don't want their children to see it. Well, I say don't perhaps let, they yeah. should be educating their children yes. better. Yes, don't let them see it. Take the phone away, yeah. I suppose the next step, though, is what would you think if uh, Gary Lineker had an OnlyFans account in which he dressed in erotic underwear and uh, posed for the public? Well, I would say if it wasn't against the law... No, no, it's perfectly legal. Uh, yes, mm. then that's up to him. Just taking his clothes off. That's yes. what I'm saying. I wouldn't Or like not all it. of them, necessarily. Yeah. I wouldn't like You it. wouldn't sign up for his OnlyFans account. You, you'll say you wouldn't sign up for no, it. No, I wouldn't. Well, you have to pay money. I think that's the whole point of it. But, uh, well, but even if I didn't have to pay money, I still wouldn't sign up no, for it. No, the question is, this is why I brought it in, although it is quite humorous to think of him having an OnlyFans account. Uh, as far as I know, he doesn't. But if he did, you'll say you don't think that's a bar to him being a presenter of Match of the Day. No, okay, so that's an interesting view. I'm a bit torn on this one because my main issue with Gary Lineker, with the tweet that he put out about the government's position, trying to stop people from crossing the channel in small boats, putting themselves in danger, he was just simply wrong. And to say that the language they used was akin to the 30s means, I guess, thinking of the rise of the National Socialist Party in Germany and its vilification mainly of Jews and gypsies. So did he think they were being racist? I don't know. I don't really get that he, in his tweet, had showed a real ignorance and lack of understanding of the issue. So that's my main point with it. I was like, You've got a presenter. I know he's not a political presenter, but if his opinions are so betraying of low intellect, that I think that that's a worse problem. But then I would say, what's wrong with low intellect? 60% of the world has got yeah. low intellect. No, no, I, I, it's perfectly fine for them to do it. I just say I wouldn't have him as a presenter because I think this is betrayed by the fact that he just isn't very good at it. He can't read a teleprompter without looking like he's reading from a teleprompter. Uh, you know, so it takes over his manner when he does it. There's so many ums and ahs and fumbling around. And he's been doing it for a long time now, dude, over 20 years. As far as I can tell, he's not improved at all in that time. Is he popular? I don't I mean, call anybody popular. You're a football fan. Of teams that I would be loyal to because of location, for example. But are you a fan of Gary Lineker? He's I'm not a fan, fan of anybody. I don't believe in celebrity. But your opinion on this is then, it's quite hard line. Would you say then that the BBC's point, which that it's meant, according to its charter, to be impartial in terms of its attitude to politics, in its news coverage. I would define politics very narrowly. Mm. What about, uh, let's just take it further, because uh, I think it is a, an interesting discussion that's been had across the country now, uh, this, this sort of debate on whether the BBC and others can be impartial. They have news presenters. 
Yes, they do. Should they be impartial? Would it be reasonable for the BBC to say, well, as a news presenter, you must give off an air of impartiality. So in your social media posts, you must not give political opinions. Uh, Gary Lineker is a football pundit. Not that. Say a news presenter. Do you think that would be... I think news presenters need to distinguish between whether they were giving an opinion or whether they were giving a news item which is factual. Yeah, but say if they're going out on their social media account and they say, this is typical Tory bigotry. The language that they're using is uh, reminiscent of 1930s Germany. This is a terrible decision. And then the next day on the BBC, they were saying, and government ministers have put forward proposals to stop the influx of Algerian young men in boats crossing the channel. We'll cut off the broadcast there. But do you think then this mythical presenter who I've made up, who's saying has opinions the same as Gary Lineker, but is in fact a news presenter, has he then really damaged his ability to present the news in an impartial manner because people know his personal opinions. I am very precise about what I believe the news to be. Right. I think the BBC should learn to distinguish between comment Mm. and news. News should be factual. This actually happened. If opinion comes into it, then they should refer to it as opinion or comment. Mm. But then the news presenters are entitled to to broadcast comment. If they're making comment and make it obvious in their social media, you think there should be no issue? Not just social media. In reality, if they have comment to make themselves, Mm. they must say, this is my personal opinion. Mm. I see that, and I I do actually agree with that. I think that um, it's a mistake for the BBC to try and control their employees and make them not make these comments on social media. I think that you're fighting a losing game. I think it'd be better to say you can make comments, but, you know, obviously nothing against the law. But then make it a policy to employ people with a broad range of views, which they don't. No. So I think the issue is, if we, if we knew all the political leanings of all the staff, especially the presenter of the BBC, they pretty much all lean in one direction. And so I think that it, it would betray that. So I think that that's what they need to work on. Can I say I think they would be leaning in the BBC's direction? Yeah, oh yeah, the BBC does have a, a particular liberal, pro-gay agenda that uh, yes, it, that is but not betrayed. only that, whichever government is in power, they are against it. Uh, that would be fair enough. They have been in the past, and they've perhaps, mm-hmm. I think, been better sort of watchdogs of the government in the past. Now we have the equivalent of what in America is called the Uni Party. If you were to take statements by Keir Starmer or Rishi Sunak and just swap the labels, say this is Conservative and this is Labour, you couldn't really tell the difference. As uh, Nigel Farage would say, you can't put a cigarette paper between them. I think that they are the same. There's just one party with different branding. They're all liberal, left of centre, and the trend is to the left. There's no Conservative Party really left in this country. There's a rump of it, I guess, in well, some Well, then I, I guess the Labour Party would say there's no real Labour Party left in this country. Go for the yeah. likes of Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, you see, there's various claims made over the years that the Labour Party should be a socialist party. I don't think that's right. It's a workers' party. 
which is not the same thing because socialism is a certain system of thought which um, quite obviously doesn't work in practice it's caused a lot of issues over the years do you remember back in the day when uh, the murdoch company you know rupert murdoch and his company uh, is it called news Corp or something like i can't remember what it calls it was in the act of buying up the times newspaper that wasn't a time when my... Uh, 1980s, I think. Yes, well, I was around, and mm-hmm. I suppose I didn't pay as much attention. To I remember the Times closed it. before he did this, and I um, bought a copy, thinking it'd be the last one. Presses right. stopped. Yeah. Now, they brought it out as tabloid form, and there was much concern, much discussion in the country as to whether there would be an issue, because with murder in control, there may be a blurring of the lines between editorial and news reporting. In other words, what you've been saying between comment and news. And uh, fast forward uh, 30 or so years, we find um, there's not just been a blurring. There's been a complete occlusion of the two. A blending (laughs) of the two. So what you get is, you can't have the news presenters uh, not being impartial. They need to be impartial. No, you want them to be partial with the BBC point of view, don't you? Yes. Exactly, you've summed it up in a sentence there. Yes, Uh, so I guess we're agreeing here, but the the issue is really that the BBC is not impartial in the slightest. It has its own agenda to push. Yes, and they bring in people to present a partial point of view. They do. But also they have people to argue against them, and that's their view of impartiality. No. It's interesting that they, I think what they're going to do is change their policies to accommodate Gary Lineker. What hold does he have over them? As I say, he's a rubbish presenter. He has some sort of fame because he is regarded as having been a good footballer. But his co-presenters are also well-known footballers and strikers, I think. But um, that being the case, that he agrees with the heart of their own political opinions, I think there's no way they're going to get rid of him. I think it's rather the opposite. They're going to accommodate him. I understand that there has been a poll of football presenters mm-hmm. and Gary Lineker did not come at the top. As in the popularity of them, yeah. Uh, broadcasting. Yes. In their broadcasting. Mm. I didn't look at the poll, so uh, I don't know who did come top. Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> I question if there's one very good reason why I think it's worth questioning because, of course, it's a public broadcast to the BBC funded by licence fees, so effectively a tax. He gets paid £1.2 million a year, quite a large amount. And so you would have thought there'd be some really competent football pundits who could take on the job, maybe for half that fee. But then if you were to canvass opinion about who should be employed to that position, Mm. they'd all have opinions. Whoever you put there is going to have an opinion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. My problem isn't his opinions. I agree with you that he should have his be able to voice them. But let's bring in people with other opinions. But let them voice their opinion as well. They'll leave it out. That's what I think. The issue would then come, what about if they argue with each other on social media? I think also that's fine. Uh, That's the way of working it out. Uh, When it comes to their TV presenting, it's more to do with how good are they at the presenting. So my argument is simply that I just can't see that he's any good. I would say I I just can't. I wouldn't want to comment on that. Otherwise, I might draw comment 
Oh, oh, my presenting. Fair, fair, fair. No, I'm happy to do that because my commenting, my presenting is flawless. So there's no, there's no problem. With that. Uh, I'm afraid I don't have such a high opinion uh, of myself. Oh, I see. Oh, yes. I'm also very, very humble, by the way. It's one of my <laughs> biggest attributes. So impartiality is interesting. And we need to close in this topic by talking about impartiality itself. The issue arose with Gary Lineker's tweet that he went against the impartiality of the BBC. But is it possible to be impartial about everything? Isn't actually it important to be partial? I think it is. Yes. Uh, for example, God is partial. Despite uh, him saying in the Bible that he isn't. No, well, he's impartial in terms of his justice and his generosity. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, etc. So he's impartial in that sense, but he's partial in terms of salvation. Who will you save? Only those who believe. Yeah. And only those who repent. He calls all people everywhere to repent. Yes. So in the he, same sentence yes. as the one where he says, I'm impartial. Yes. So he's impartial in terms of judgment. And my judgment is some people haven't made it. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't made it not because of their moral status, but because they haven't trusted my promises. That's really what God is saying. You've got to believe and trust, and then you will be saved. But that's still being partial, not impartial. There's the ultimate statement from the Lord saying that he's partial, saying uh, he's a jealous God. Yes, absolutely, he does. And we, yes. uh, I guess, are meant to be partial too. You know the trolley problem as a moral problem? Are you aware of this problem? I've certainly covered it on Fly Radio, but by trolley, it means a train, really. It's a train or a carriage of a train that has gone loose and it's going down the track and you can't right. stop it. Okay. And you notice, because you are in, in charge of this bit of track, there are some points ahead. So you could move the trolley to go down one track or the other track. On one track, there are 10 people stuck on the line. So it will kill 10 people. On the other track, there's just one. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Now, you don't have to pull the lever, but at the moment, it's going to run over the 10 people. I think that's the standard trolley problem. Okay. If you push the lever or pull the lever, whichever way it is to go, it will move and only one will be killed and 10 won't. I should be accused of trying to make something that's not there. Before any trolley started out on any line, I would want to put a brake on it that I could uh, Yes. My usual response when I go through the problem, when people put these sort of problems with to me, yes, I would try and save all of them. Yes. Yeah, I'm too. sure there's a way. But if you just take the premise of the problem, that it has to be one or the other. Quite a few people will not touch the lever because then they're responsible. Because if you pull the lever and you ah. cut, before you pulled it, they argue, I haven't done anything. Right, okay. But on the other hand, in not doing anything, you're allowing 10 people to be killed because yes. you could have done it. I can see that. Now, let's take another instance. We actually know who one of the people is. The 10 people were complete strangers to you, didn't they? But the one person, let's say it's Norman, your husband, right, is on the track. And the other people you don't know. For me, say it's one of my children is on the track, right? the single person. And so, under the standard trolley problem, if you move the lever, you've done a good thing because you've saved 10 people, killed one, so you're nine better off. Now, let me just tell you the reason I introduced this moral issue, because it's about partiality. If my child were on the track, or if it were my wife on the track, and I didn't know the others, I would kill the 10. I would go further than that. If my wife were in trouble, you know, I'd push them in front of the train to save my wife. I'm partial. Mm -hmm. I will save my wife or my child, whatever it takes. 
Yes, in that sense, I'm partial too. Yeah. I think family comes before Now, I wouldn't shoot them. No, I... I wouldn't murder them. Because that would be within your will and your choice. I'm not allowed to kill. I'm not allowed to murder. But because the trolley's going to either kill her or them, Mm. I would choose her or choose my child, whoever it is. Yes. Do you agree with me? Is that the right decision? A lot of people can't stand this. They say, no, I'm responsible for my family. I'm not responsible for random strangers. Yes, I've come across this before, haven't I? We were talking about Corrie Ten Boom, I think, and um, whether you would shop her to the Nazis. On flame, I seem to remember it. Right, OK. Um, <laughs> yes, it's something that I would feel very bad about. Mm. But I would want to save my child or yeah. a member of my family. Yes, it's my responsibility to save my In family. In the past, I've always thought I could pray... And ask God to send a miracle. Yes. The reason I introduce it is to talk about partiality. So that's Mm. my point, is that I believe that we are commanded to be partial to that extent. To that extent. Yes. Yes. Not that we murder people to save our children, but if it's a choice between the two, you save the person you're responsible to, you save your loved ones, and you should do that. That's my opinion. Yes. I believe that people who, for example, say they're great preachers even, and they put their career before their wife and family that they are sinning they should look after their family first that's their first responsibility yes norman i see you've managed to untie yourself from the track so there's a question then for all of our listeners are you so much a football supporter and worship your football that you are prepared for the presenters to do anything they want to so that you can have your football Or do you feel that you are prepared to deny yourself your football for the sake of the presenters doing what their employers want them to do? It's a different sort of partiality, though. And in fact, it's often used in that way in English. It's not really the meaning of it, but there's a sort of slightly laconic way of speech by English people, which I quite like, in which you would say, for example, do you know, I'm rather partial to a marshmallow, you might say. It doesn't mean really partiality. It means that you like them. You've overstated, but in a sarcastic manner. and It's a mode of speech. So in that way, you could say, well, I'm rather partial to uh, a game of football. And therefore, Gary Lineker, being a great footballer, can't do anything wrong in my book. Well, no, I can't say that. That's the question that Norman was putting to our listeners. It'd be interesting to hear the response. Yes, we can't come in as not really football fans, although there are certain football teams you support because of the location. We're not really ardent football fans, are we? No. Of course, what one feels about God and God's principles tend to be easily put aside because he's not visible to our physical eye. Yes. His principles are not principles that the majority of the world upholds. Hmm. I would say that God's standards are the ones that I want to uphold in my life, and I try to do that, but I'm sure there are occasions when I don't. Sure, yeah. I think that if that were the abiding principle of the BBC, we'd be in a very different position now. Yes, indeed we would. Maybe they're changing their mind.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.